0: The Old Testament reading appointed for the fourth Sunday after Trinity is from Genesis chapter 50. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, It may be that Joseph will hate us and pay us back for all the evil that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, Your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, please forgive the transgression of your brothers and their sin, because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgression of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept when they spoke to him. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, behold, we are your servants. this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God the gradual is printed in your bulletin atone for our sins for your name's sake why should the nation say where is their God The epistle is from Romans, chapter eight. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand for the Alleluia and Holy Gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the sixth chapter. Glory be to thee, o Lord. Jesus said, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher, Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is the gospel of our Lord. Be to thee, o Grace, mercy and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. As we look at the gospel lesson today we recognize something about the modern world. The modern world has developed an intolerance to judgment. We don't like to hear of any judging going on and this is true not only of those outside of our walls but this is also true of us. There is a false understanding of our Lord's teaching that the world has given to us and we have to admit that we have bought into it. As if the creed of the Christian faith is judge not lest ye be judged. We're told that it means that Christians cannot judge anyone at all, ever, for any reason. And like I said, we've bought into it. We believe it. We're convinced that if we transgress this prohibition against judging and condemnation, then we also will be irrevocably judged. Not only by our fellow man, whom we do fear, but by God Himself. But this is a false understanding of what Christ is teaching us, not only here in this passage, but also in the totality of the Scriptures. The only way that we can come to this misconception is that we must first skip over everything that Jesus said and ignore everything that Christ has said before he utters the syllables, Judge not, lest ye be judged. And then skip over everything else that he says afterwards. Because Jesus doesn't just give us a prohibition against judging with these words. Jesus saying here, judge not, lest ye be judged, is within the context of Jesus teaching about God's mercy, about how God does judge us with two divine judgments. As a matter of fact, the Holy Spirit reveals through St. Paul later on in 1 Corinthians that we ought to declare to our fellow man these two judgments, specifically to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And we do this out of compassion and love. To better grasp Christ's teaching, we must understand what Christ said before and after our appointed lesson, as well as how this teaching fits within the whole context of the Holy Scriptures. This teaching, this lesson, falls within Christ's well-known Sermon on the Mount. It opens with the familiar Beatitudes, but describe the humble life and the humble actions of the Christian. Then Jesus gives us the difficult commands to love our enemies, and not only to love them in thought, but to love them in action, to pray for them to give freely and generously to even our enemies while expecting nothing in return. And then Jesus said, be merciful even as your father is merciful. Judge not and you will not be judged Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. This teaching, this teaching which the world loves to misunderstand, is part of Christ's teaching on mercy. It isn't a prohibition against speaking judgment or condemning sin correctly. It's a call for us to be merciful, even as our Heavenly Father is merciful. Rather than teaching us not to judge ever, Christ is teaching us to pronounce the same judgment to our neighbors which our Heavenly Father has pronounced to us. Repent of your sins And receive the forgiveness that Christ has won for you. Christ himself taught this in the prayer that he taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And this is exactly what Christ taught in the parable that he gave directly after this word. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out the speck that's in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? There's something to notice about this parable. The speck that we see in our neighbor's eye, is not just a reflection of the log in our own eye. As if to say, well, the reason that I'm paranoid that the beggar on the side of the road is gonna use the cash that I give him for drugs and alcohol is because I've embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars from my company or I'm a drunkard. Or the only reason that I'm judging the lack of purity in my neighbor's marriage bed is because of my own lack of chastity. No, Jesus recognizes that the speck in our brother's eye is there. The speck really is there. This sin is causing him pain, whether he recognizes it or not. Someone really does need to go to your brother and say, you have something in your eye. You need help taking it out because sin causes pain we get used to it so we don't recognize it but sin causes pain our neighbor needs the Lord's mercy our neighbor needs to be called to repentance our neighbor needs to hear of the forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake he needs someone to help him remove that speck the problem is that we have logs in our own eyes. The logs that we have in our own eyes prohibit us from seeing well enough to remove that speck from our neighbor's eye without gouging it out. If we want to be helpful to our neighbor, which Christ commands us to be, then we must first recognize the log of our sin in our eyes. The log in our eye must be removed so that then we can see clearly to help and assist our neighbor. This is exactly what Jesus said in the parable, isn't it? First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that's in your brother's eye. Does this sound like Jesus is telling us never to judge? No. Rather, Christ is telling us to judge ourselves first. We are only of service to our neighbor if first we recognize the sin and the failings of our own lives and have them removed then we are finally able to guide our neighbor to receive the same help that we received. But the question is, how in the world do you remove a log from your own eye? Well, we know we can't do it ourselves, right? We all recognize that there are certain times that we simply can't do it ourselves. We should recognize that we are all nose blind to our sin. You know what I mean by that, right? You get used to your own smell, so you can't recognize it. And it's only when your friend sits down next to you in church and says, whew, you should have showered, that happens to us with our sin. We recognize some places here and there that were sinful, those which trouble our conscience, but there are those sins, the stench of which that we have become so accustomed to smelling. Those sins that we don't even notice anymore. The pastor once said, it's amazing, the sins that the average Christian commits today that we think are nothing would have made our well it would have made us cringe and shudder 60 years ago for those of us who were alive 60 years ago we're so used to looking around the mar of the log in our eye that we hardly even notice it anymore We're not capable of removing it ourselves, because we don't even recognize it. We need someone with such perfect sight that he doesn't even have a single speck in his eye, let alone multiple logs sticking out of it. In short, here's a surprise twist in the sermon. We need Jesus He is the one who is perfect. He is that perfect one who, on account of his divine perfection and sinlessness, is able to remove all sins from us, each and every log from our eyes. And this forgiveness of sins is the judgment of grace which Christ speaks over us. The first judgment is the judgment of the law that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed against God and against our neighbor. We are truly poor, miserable sinners. The first judgment shows us the log in our eyes, and the second judgment is the judgment of grace the gospel the judgment that Christ has pronounced over you and the waters of holy baptism as a young child pointed out to us this morning that Christ's righteousness now covers you on account of Christ's perfect obedience to the Father the sacrifice of his blood spilled on the cross you are now judged to be righteous just as Christ himself is righteous This is the mercy that you have received from your heavenly Father. This is the manner in which you are to judge your brothers. First, listen to the Lord's judgment of your sins and confess them. Before God, plead guilty of all sins, even those you are not aware of, as you do in the Lord's Prayer, and before the pastor, confess those sins which you know and feel in your hearts. And then listen. Listen to the Lord's second judgment given to you in the waters of holy baptism. The words of the absolution of Christ, called and ordained servant forgiving you. Christ's body and blood given and shed for you, which all declare to you your sins are forgiven. Fellow redeemed in Christ, your sins are forgiven. The logs have been removed from your eyes. Now go and forgive your brother for his sins against you. Tell your brother that just as Christ has removed the log from your eye by forgiving all your sins, so also will Christ forgive the sins of all who repent. This is the twofold judgment that you are to bring to the world. Out of the joy of having received mercy from God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ, you go out joyfully and you call your brothers and sisters to repentance. You must proclaim the judgment of the law, even when it's uncomfortable to do, because this is merciful. The most harmful thing that you could do to your neighbor is to allow him to continue in his sin to walking straight towards that pit. That's the other parable in the gospel reading today, isn't it? Blind men can't lead blind men. They'll both fall into a pit. The fact remains blind men need help walking. You are enlightened by the Holy Scriptures. By the Holy Spirit, you see the danger of sin. So to allow your neighbor to continue to walk in darkness while you are enlightened by the Scriptures is actually the most unloving thing that you could do. Be merciful, as your heavenly Father is merciful. Help your neighbor. Yet when you do attempt to enlighten and guide your neighbor, remember Christ's exhortation. Be patient and careful. Why are you helping your neighbor? Why are you pointing out your neighbor's sin and calling him to repentance? Is it so that you can bring glory to yourself and show how great you are? Is it to exert dominance over them and show them who has the power? Is it to tear them down? Even with the best of intentions, we must still remember that our neighbors need the same amount of grace and mercy that we have received from our Heavenly Father. We call them to repentance and speak the word of the Lord to them, not for ourselves, but because we care about them. Because we want them to see just as clearly as Jesus has caused us to see. In fact, your neighbor needs the same amount of patience and mercy that you yourself have received from your Heavenly Father. Your sins are forgiven. You live in this light of God's mercy. Because of Christ, you see clearly, and you are able to aid your brothers and sisters in removing specks from their eyes through the same gospel by which your logs were removed. You are able to warn them of the pit into which they're about to fall and to point them into the merciful arms of your Savior. This is the measure with which you judge your neighbor. This grace of God is the measure which is shaken and packed down and spilling over into your laps. Amen. This peace which surpasses all our understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds in the true faith to life everlasting. Amen.